Welcome to the Conscious Relationship on Coupling and Parenting Summit. It's me, Lucia Gabriela, your host and producer. And today we have an incredible woman and mother. Her name is Amanda Ananda. And I would like to share a little bit about her before we introduce you. Amanda is an international tantra educator, professional cuddler, and domestic goddess of two outrageous young boys. She's the creatress of Experience Ananda, a sacred community space that promotes bliss and healing in Connecticut. She has a diverse tantrika background that allows for a unique, blissful, and radiant experience to unfold in all of her workshops and online courses. She has studied with the School of Tribal Tantra, Ipsalu Tantra, Kriya Yoga, based on Asha's dynamic teachings, and Babaji Narajaj Esoteric Cobra Breath Technique. She has also immersed herself in the sacred teachings from the Temple of Isis and Mary Magdalene, and is a lifelong learner now diving deeply into somatic trauma healing. Amanda approached and encouraged people to live a blissful existence in our intense world by gently taking care of ourselves and making joyful well-being our first and foremost priority. Her technique will help you to become a body in simple yet profound heartfelt tools that you can apply in your daily life. Working with Amanda will assist you to clear the murky junkie that blocks you from your true light guiding you in opening up to the miracles of life and embracing the bubble of Ananda, which in English means bliss, that is constantly accessible to all of us. She is tremendously enthusiastic and humble to share this teaching with the wonderful souls who say, heavens, yes, the time I spent with her. Welcome to our summit and thank you for saying yes to us, Amanda. Mm, thank you. I truly feel honored to be here and just it's been such an exciting process to create for this and I'm just so grateful for you pulling this all together and creating this platform. Thank you. So the topic of today is about embodied relating four keys to leading a radical blissful life. But before we go and dive deeper into it and learn from you, we would like to learn what brought you to actually embodying and experiencing conscious relationship, also uncoupling and at the same time parenting? You are going to be wrapping, you're going to be bringing all of it. <laughs> yeah, it's been a really incredible journey um, from the time that I was super young and raised in this middle class Canadian family. Um, I I had a very unique experience in my young childhood where I actually had a lot of trauma very, very young. And so it gives me a lot of perspective and a lot of gratitude for the life that I've now created. And I'm really able to um, enjoy on a much deeper level the bliss that is accessible to us because it was so not available to me um, in the beginning of my life. I was... Um, abandoned very young and then adopted into a family and abused for um, many, many years in various levels. And so I really, at the young age of like 15, left home and had decided love did not exist. This is a Hollywood concept, you know, that we just, it was all made up to, for materialism and I did not buy into it. Um, and that really started to shift for me. Um, Later in my teen years, around when I was 20, I went to an Everything to Do with Sex show conference in Toronto. 
And I had found a book called The Ethical Slut and was like, oh my God, there's people like me out there that don't believe in monogamy because it had always felt very uncomfortable for me. I felt um, very boxed. Like, why did I have to make this choice? Um, and it just didn't seem rational in, in a way for me. Um, and so I practiced a lot of unethical monogamy <laughs> until I found the book. And then I, I really tried to use the techniques that were offered in there but it was kind of like getting my polywog, you know, communication legs, so to speak, in that phase of my life and made a lot of mistakes. Um, but I met mine, who was now my husband. Um, and at the same time, I had given myself permission to try ecstasy, which I had never thought I would do. But what's interesting now is research is coming out at the profound healing benefits of it uh, to heal trauma. And what happened for me is I took it in this very specific um, intentional way in an intimate setting with my, my now ex-husband. Um, and I had this profound healing occur where I had seen everything that had ever happened to me um, kind of flash before my eyes and had an acceptance and profound like gratitude and understanding that it needed to occur and that it had to occur so that I could be the person that I am and who I was becoming. And that was really the like, shift for me. And what I now know is that that experience was a Kundalini awakening and my chakras opened. And at the time, I didn't have the words for that. I didn't have the community. I didn't have anyone to discuss this with. Um, so that was really my awakening. And I spent the next few years like, you know, oh, my God, like everything I ever believed is not true. There is love. Is there a God? Like, why are we here? And just really going down that rabbit hole. Um, I happened to have children in those couple of years, though, as well as stepchildren, because uh, I ended up marrying that man. And, um, and it was a unique journey to kind of me asking these questions and parenting and how do you make it all work and trying to find like-minded people. And, uh, and so what ended up making another shift for me was the realization that I needed to teach emotional intelligence to my children. Um, and realizing that, you know, my one-and-a-half-year-old, two-year-old were uh, creating these emotional habits or the way of dealing with emotions was not healthy. And I was like, well, where are they learning that, you know? And it was obviously my husband and I at the time, and I realized, oh, my gosh, we need to really improve how we relate and how we communicate our emotions. Um, and I went really deep into that journey of, choosing to consciously deal with them and to feel them and to be with them and to honor them and giving that example to my kids. Um, but there came a point uh, where, you know, my ex-husband was very um, prioritizing like stability financially in our family. And so that just wasn't a priority in his life to learn those skills. And it came to a point for me where I realized I was attempting to live out this perfect family setup um, that just wasn't and, and I was collapsed on the kitchen floor in just profound pain and agony and feeling stuck and trapped and knew that something had to change um, and that was when I really started to apply these four keys it was kind of like I'd taken those years to study this conscious way of being but I had only implemented them in small ways and now I had this was kind of my big task to implement them in a much bigger way in a much more consistent way and that's kind of the, what I'll share today is that process of how the, you know 
the, the tools that I used and the choices that I made and how it really has benefited my life and using these four keys over and over again, I can now say three and a half, four years later that my life is entirely different and it's filled with a totally different level of love and support and um, success and excitement and bliss. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Uh, such a beautiful journey. You're such a beautiful beautiful journey just to uh, integrate those aspects of, of, of being in a relationship and also separation, divorce and parenting and co-parenting and mm. all of that is is one of the most amazing journey that I believe that activate and awaken so many part of ourselves that we haven't seen and having known. Um, and it's just truly, uh, truly a bliss and a gift to all of us. And one thing I would like to uh, also point is um, I have heard of um, some therapy, therapeutic uh, practices where they use some kind of like uh, um, hallucinating drugs mm -hmm. uh, to help people to get into uh, some aspect of the healing. Mm. And it is done in a very uh, sacred container uh, where the professionals actually uh, train and prepare and they have the tools and the abilities to guide their clients and the individuals into this process. So I would definitely uh, would like to put like um, a highlight in that uh, experience to to know that it is not something that you're going to do it just, oh, I'm just going to take a drive, you know, ecstasy or whatever, or even ayahuasca. Right. And try to go on this journey and try to heal. No, 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 no. It's, uh, in my experience, I have believed that people have to be prepared. You have to be prepared to dive into this journey, to be prepared to face your shadows, prepared to face your truth, prepared prepare to face all aspects of yourself. And from what I'm hearing, Amanda, she had done that part of the work. So she, that's what she was able to heal at a deeper level because she had practiced it. So she wasn't just coming from like, her darker ages of her, you know, of being unconscious and do it and all of a sudden, you know, she experienced healing. So I definitely uh, will invite people that, yes, I've heard of those uh, therapies available, uh, but I invite you to be very conscious that it has to be said in a very sacred, professional way. Yeah, I would say that what occurred for me, I'm grateful that it happened, but I actually, because I didn't have the professional support, because I didn't have the community, I ended up for the next five, five years, really kind of falling back into old patterns and really not understanding like why, you know, why are these things happening? And, it, and it's taken me the last three years of finding that support, finding those guides, finding that community to bring clarity and to bring a permanent healing. So it was like, it was a beautiful awakening, but there was not permanence in that healing. Whereas now I can feel like it's truly shifted. It kind of was the opening I needed, but it wasn't definitely not, definitely not the end of the journey. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we say this, that everything that we live and we experience, it was meant for us to live it because as mentors and a master of our own life, uh, we, you know, we help others to maybe just invite you to observe from a different angle, like sharing our experience and be like, you know what, you can 
you know, you don't have to avoid it, but but it's like you have a choice. Like you want to experience that, or you want to experience this bliss. <laughs> you know, because I already experienced all of that, so I'm giving you the shortcut. <laughs> so in all realms, even in business, we would love to follow to people that they have shortcuts for us. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we don't have to go and swim and do all the all that journey that could be painful at some level. So. I am so excited to learn from you today, Amanda. Thank you. And mm -hmm. oh, yeah, so let's just start a journey of discovering more bliss. Well, Here we thank go. Thank you. Okay, everybody. This is my presentation, Embodied Relating, the four keys to leading a radically blissful life. I want to start with giving massive gratitudes and thank Thank yous for being a yes to this um, summit, to this conference. It's and you kudos to invest in yourself and your relationships. You will absolutely benefit tenfold from taking this time. That is what I've learned the most over the last three or four years of really dedicating myself to that journey. I want to thank you for answering that little voice inside that kind of when you first saw the ad, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I think I'd like to see that. Let's do it. Let's do it. And you pushed through all the hurdles that came up for you around like, oh, I don't have time for that or, you know, whatever it was for you. I have kids or there's there's always something we need to kind of jump over. And I want to say um, thank you for doing that work and for showing up to heal yourselves and our society and to support the next generation generation. I am truly, truly moved by this experience. Uh, ever since I saw Lucia's post about this opportunity, I was like, yes, this is the conversation that needs to be happening. And I just feel so honored and grateful to be a part of it. So I wanted to start by sharing with you guys what we'll kind of go through, what my intention was. And so my four keys to leading a radically blissful life is to connect with Mother Earth and utilizing her cleansing abilities. So really grounding into uh, this safety that is possible to feel here. And it's interesting in my body, as I, as I say the word safety, it really feels true for me now. And after so many years, you know, almost two decades um, of not feeling safe in this world and in this body, I'm excited to be able to say that that has really shifted. And a huge piece of that has been connecting to Mother Earth and really feeling her love and her support and that I'm held and nourished by her. And I just really need to slow down and take the time and be present and connect with that. The second key for me is what I call outrageously honest self-love. And that's been, everybody talks about self-love and there's so many different avenues of it. For this specific presentation, I've decided to focus in on listening for resonance in the body. This skill has really shifted my ability to connect with my truth and my ability to share that truth with others and really heightened um, my beautiful, blissful uh, interactions with those that I love. The third key is taking courageous, unstoppable action. Um, as an Aries, I love to promote taking action and the value in it. And the, it does take a lot of courage, but that we all have that courage inside of us and that we can, we can really cultivate that. And the more that we take this courageous, unstoppable action, the easier and easier it becomes. And the fourth key is ritualistic transitions. This last key has been so profound in my uh, last few years of relating and added just so much beauty and depth to the relationships that I have and to the way, the way that um, 
the way that we we transition, we move through that, and the way that we hold our hearts through that part of relating with each other. And so my intention for this uh, webinar was to provide simple tools to empower you to fully connect to your truth and giving permission to honor our bodies and hearts as well as the hearts and bodies of those that we love. And I just wanna take a moment to talk about the word embodied. I chose to call this embodied relating because this word embodied really means a lot to me. It's a concept that uh, I now make a daily practice. It's a very, very big part of my life. And if we, all of us were more embodied, I think we'd live an entirely different uh, existence with each other. And so for to me, embodied means to invite conscious awareness or the divinity or your best self, whatever resonates for you, fully into the body. So your whole body feels alive and sensitive um, and you really experience life at a deeper level so a lot of times in our society we're raised to function from the level of the mind you know we think about things we overthink about things we're anxious about things you know and if we drop into the body we really have a different experience so bringing that consciousness or that awareness or the divinity or your best self deeper into the body allows you to feel more alive and more radiant and you have much deeper connections with people so I'm super excited to get started. But before we get started, I want to talk about leaking buckets and empty cups. So one of the things you'll need to know for the rest of this presentation is this perspective or concept that I've really, really um, learned to work with in the last few years. And that's that our body is an energetic container. So I listened to to a really amazing talk by Matt I actually wasn't into until very recently. And it was a super profound talk about the body and that, you know, we all think we're on this experience here. We're on the spiritual experience. We're here to, to evolve and we're here to support our soul in this evolution. And his, his realization or his share was that actually we are here for the body and that our soul is here and it, already, it is already divine. It already knows exactly what it wants to create. But the, it's teaching the body. It's guiding the body. So we are here to honor the body, to listen to the body, to love the body through its journey. And we really know that because we are birthed into this world in a body. And when we leave this dimension in this world, we leave, you know, we die and we let go of the body. And so what you need to know from my talk is that I see our body as an energetic container. And just like doing dishes, we often need to clean ourselves out. We need to move the energy that is in our body, that is in our container. And so I had a really beautiful talk with my naturopath a few years ago that gave me great perspective. And I went in and I was feeling stressed and I had acne and, you know, um, I had liver problems and I'd never done any sort of detox or cleansing. And, you know, I worked out and I ate fairly well, but you know, I wasn't taking vitamins or anything like that. And she shared with me this beautiful concept about the leaking bucket. And that as a human with a body, as a bucket, um, we, as we go through life, we fill our bucket up. We fill it up with stress, with children, with jobs, um, with this energy that can be very heavy. And our bodies kind of start to crack. They start to break. They start to leak. And that's when we start to see symptoms. We start to become ill. We start to have allergies. Um, and that our job is to, in healing the body is to really move those energies, to move that heaviness in whatever way resonates for you. So that could be taking care of the body, that could be taking vitamins, that could be detoxing. Um, for me, it was on an energetic level. 
I was carrying a lot of shame and judgment and fear and guilt. And I was surrounded by people that complained and I was addicted to the news. And, um, and it was just very stressful for my body to carry all that, you know, and then I had kids and it's like, whoa, that's a whole, whole other weight. Um, and in the last few years, really realizing the power that we have to, to control what is inside of our body, what is inside of our container, and learning the tools to move that energy so that it's always a fresh bucket. It's always clean water in our bucket. And the beauty of the work that I've done specifically last year when deep tantric study is really scraping out the bottom of that bucket, really getting the muck and the guck out of there. Because sometimes when you don't fully clean the bucket, right, you put water in, but there's still that murkiness and guckiness that affects the water, the water color and the water texture. And, and so to really do that deep cleaning work was necessary for me to have a clean bucket and to have uh, to feel healthy in my body and to feel fully alive. And the piece about an empty cup, I'm sure we've all heard this before, is that you have to take care of yourself first. And so being a mother, being a parent, being in multiple relationships, you can definitely get caught up in supporting others and in showing up for others. And then realizing that you're moving all this energy, you are empty and you're exhausted and you're sick. And um, I would burn out constantly um, when I was married I was trying to support so many people and not taking the time and energy to support myself. And so learning the tools to recognize that and to shift that into making self-care a priority has been profound in the way that I can show up for other people because I'm no longer showing up from a space of being depleted. And so we'll get into our first key, connection with Mother Earth. So I want to pick up the story where I left off where I realized that something needed to change in my marriage. But oh my gosh, my whole body was in complete fear. There was just, I had, I felt frozen. It was like, oh my God, I've spent seven years creating this life. It's not going the way I want it to go. How can I change this? And with two kids in tow, like it just felt like this huge, overwhelming, impossible, impossible task. Um, and I was completely anxious for weeks and weeks and weeks. I just, I had total, like totally unsure, no clarity. You know, if I had made the choices I'd made that got me into that situation, what was to say that I was going to make better choices that wouldn't recreate the same experience? I was so afraid of like, oh my gosh, if I move on, I'm just going to create the same thing. And so I was really, really in a lot of fear. And... Um, I knew that I needed to connect more outside. I needed to be outside more. And luckily it was a beautiful, you know, August. And I took my kids to a beautiful state park, which I now call my sanctuary because it's always just had very beautiful spiritual connected experiences there. And my kids were playing in this, this lovely running stream. And I decided to just lie down in the grass. And um, I'd been reading a um, earth magic book. And I decided to try one of the meditations, which was to really just let go into the earth and to feel it wrap around you in a way to really hold you like, like we feel held in the womb, to really just sink into and trust that we are held and supported and taken care of. And I really just allowed my body to sink into it. And I requested help. And I said, please help me. Like, I feel heavy. I feel stuck. I feel confused. I feel lost. I have absolutely no idea what to do. And the earth gave me this experience that 
we hope we receive as children from our mothers, you know, that experience of being held and feeling safe and that it's going to be okay. You know, not that the solution was necessarily given to me, but that it'll be okay. This will pass. So I requested that help. I asked her to allow me to drain this heavy energy into her and for her to, you know, use it, uh, recycle it uh, for something more meaningful than my fear. And I visualized releasing it. I visualized moving this energy into the earth through my feet, through my sits bones, through my back, just letting it drain into it. And knowing that it was so, knowing that that had worked, just really knowing that that, that had happened. Um, and then I stood in the stream and I played with my kids and I did the same meditation. And I, and I asked the stream to please move my emotions, please take away this heaviness, this, this fogginess, this unsureness. Um, and I let the sun beat down on me and I invited that fiery energy and that beautiful warmth and I felt the tingle on my skin. I said, please burn away anything that's stuck, that's really rooted in there, burn that away. And I visualized releasing that. And I invited the wind and I said, blow away whatever ash is left, you know, whatever is there. And at first I was like, oh, you know, I feel better. Like I feel, you know, calmer, feel lighter. I didn't have a solution, <laughs> but I felt a little bit more relaxed, a little bit grounded and centered. Um, and what happened for me is that we packed up, we got in the car and I had about a 45 minute drive home. And as I'm driving and just feeling clear, downloads started to come, clarity started to come through. Basically felt like magic and miracles and just like this vision, this plan all of a sudden appeared that didn't have room to appear before. And so, um, using the cup analogy, when we are our, our, our bucket, when our cup or bucket is overflowing and we're full of this darker or negative or heavy energy, there isn't space for, for something new to come in. And so what happened when I did this meditation and I really connected deeply with Mother Earth and the elements, I was able to move and empty that bucket consciously and space was created so that clarity and could come through, so that truth could come through. And I was, it was so strong, the, the clarity and the truth was so strong that I didn't question it. I think a lot of times when we don't have that space for it to come through, maybe, maybe like a little trickle comes through and we're like, oh, should I follow that thought or idea? I don't know. It didn't feel really big. It didn't feel really strong. I'm not sure. But this came in. I was just so clear. It came in so strong and I just knew. I knew what I had to do. And so I've used this technique over and over again in various ways to connect and uh, receive nourishment from Mother Earth. And it's worked time and time again. And so it's, it's a beautiful habit now. Uh, and that I love to teach to people. So that's key number one, is creating a really strong connection with Mother Earth. It offers us grounding. It offers us a way to release. And um, it offers us a way to feel supported. So I thought I should, before we move on to key two, address removing blocks to receiving. Because um, I've noticed a lot of people, they, they move energy and they want to manifest things and they, and they know what they want. They're not trying to get there, but they don't receive the messages they need because of these blocks. And so the first piece for me, when um, I was new to this process, um, was... I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of uncertainty in my life. I, I didn't have a career to fall back on. I didn't have income. I grew up in Canada, but I'm living in America, so I didn't have family and friends. I wasn't in the country I wanted to be in. Um, and there was so much uncertainty. I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get my family and my life to where I want to be? 
And I used to tell people that I'm snuggling up with Miss Uncertainty. I really decided to get comfortable with being uncomfortable um, and to really just be with those feelings of uncertainty. And I, I had to often ask people to sit with me or to cuddle me or to be with me in it. But I really have learned that to snuggle up with her and to just be okay with like, I'm uncertain in this moment and that's okay, allows it to move through quicker. When we spend time, you know, resisting that feeling of uncertainty, it lingers so much longer. And so I know it's like, oh, I can't believe she's telling me to feel uncertain. That just does not sound fun at all. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's a walk in the park, but it's worth it. The second thing you have to know when receiving is to know that you are innately worthy. You are worthy of whatever it is you're asking for. You're worthy of, of the clarity that you seek. You're worthy of the love that you seek. You're worthy of the life you seek. And if you do not believe that, you will not receive the information you need to obtain it. So really cultivating a practice of worthiness, whether that's meditating every day and saying a mantra, uh, you know, that I am worthy, I'm lovable, I'm loved, do whatever it is you need to do, but cultivate that belief. Know that you are loved, held, and supported. So this was a big one for me. Yeah. Um, it took me many, many years. I want to say like seven years for me to really start believing that and practicing that. And still, still question it um, every now and then. So knowing that you're loved, that you're fully supported, and that you are held through it all uh, will create a much quicker um, cycle of receiving and experiencing what you want. Next one is do not judge what comes through. So oftentimes we do receive the information we need, but we judge it, right? Like, um, for example, I have this temple in New Haven, Connecticut, uh, in New England area. And the first time that idea came in, like open up this temple space, open up this sex positive uh, space to teach uh, intimate relating and uh, boundaries and consent. And like, there's nothing like that in the area. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do that. Like I'll, I'll be judged. It'll be a failure. It'll never work. Like we start to judge those truths that come through and we can't do that. You have to really trust in it and trust in its divine timing. Um, and that's definitely something that needs to be practiced. Um, but what I've, what's really um, solidified that for me is when I haven't trusted it, it's opportunities. Um, so, so trusting in the truth that comes and trusting in its divine timing. And lastly, pay attention to the little miracles. This is so big because often we ask to receive things and then we don't realize that we got what we wanted. So for example, I was praying for community and friendships. I moved and um, I wanted to find that for myself and my kids. And an example is that we can often pray for something or ask for something, have clarity that we want something, but then not accept coming. So for example, someone invited me to an event, a local event, and I considered, seriously considered not going. And then I realized, wait, this could totally be me not being open to receiving. This could be me not being open to the invitation that is there. And I ended up going and I ended up connecting with people and started to create that community and it's just blossomed and continued to blossom. And I'm just like, wow, imagine if I hadn't gone, I would not have received what I'd asked for as quickly. You know, I think other opportunities would arise, but if you want to experience, I guess, um, uh, consistency, like you ask and you receive and you want to feel like a manifesting king or queen, um, definitely pay attention to the little miracles, the little signs. 
So that's removing blocks to receiving so that you can receive what it is you want. Key number two, outrageously honest self-love. So this is where when you're listening to somebody speak and they're sharing their truth with you or you're listening to a message that comes through or a truth that lands, um, how does that land in your body? How does that feel for you? Like I, I was not taught growing up to pay attention to how my body reacted to things. If anything, I was actually taught to completely ignore my body's response um, because I didn't have any choice about the situation I was living in. And so I had completely disconnected my body and stopped listening to, to that gut feeling, to the way my body responded to things. And now that I've learned to do that, it's just made my life so much easier and the, and the dynamics that I have with people so much clearer. So you can really just take a moment when someone shares something with you or when you get an idea of how does my body and heart feel about it? Because our mind can think of all sorts of positives and negatives about the situation, but our body is really telling us whether we're a yes or no to it. So if you hear something and it feels really light and it feels orgasmic and exciting and I hear a huge yes to it, that's very clear. Sometimes things come at us and it feels heavy, it feels kind of painful, it feels wobbly maybe, you're unsure. So what can we do to really know how we're responding to it? Is we can take the time to sit with it. Um, I created a few years ago this, um, what I call the three gems meditation. And it was a technique for me to just drop in in the moment and check in. How does my mind respond to this? How does my heart really respond to this? And how does my body really respond to this? And this strengthened my ability to do it more consistently. Um, the first time that I really noticed the power in it was when I was with an ex-lover. And it was at the end of a long day. And I had my kids and working. And I think we'd had some sort of squabble, you know, around the dinner table or something. And we're in bed together at the end of the day and, you know, they're excited to connect with me. And I decided to just take a moment and be like, where am I really with connecting with this person? And um, my mind had, you know, this business thing that I felt I needed to do. My heart was a little bit wounded from our squabble. And my, but my body was a big yes. So in the past, I would have just been a yes with my body, but then later on figured out like, oh, I didn't really feel that connected. It wasn't really what I wanted. And I didn't get that work done. And then I'd be guilting myself. And so I said to them, you know, I've checked in and really like I'm, my body's a yes. So like I really want to say yes. But if I could have 10 minutes to get my work done and we could just take a few minutes to talk about that yucky interaction earlier, I could be a full yes. And we'd have a much better time together. And it worked. And it was just this beautiful interaction where I learned like when all three gems are in alignment and all three gems are yes, the experience is so much more blissful and exciting and profound and loving, just full of this yummy, yummy love. Um, another time that I was sharing with Lucia, um, we were talking about doing this event was I took a month last year and I went to Thailand and this was a huge decision for me. This is a huge step of self-love because I had, never learned to honor my body when I was younger because of the abuse and the experiences I'd had. I then got married and had kids really young. And so I really didn't feel I could prioritize myself and my body's needs because it became about, you know, what do the kids need? What does my husband need? What, is, what, is, what does everybody else need? Um, 
And so to take this month was a beautiful opportunity for me for the first time in my whole life to really listen to her. What does she want now? What would she like to eat? Um, you know, how does she feel about things? And to really just take my time to learn her. And I was checking in about different things in my life and different decisions I'd made. And I chose to do this meditation around um, the polyamorous lifestyle I was leading. And actually, it was very clear that my heart and my body did not want to be open, did not want to be poly. Of course, my mind was at 3,000% attached. You know, it had become my identity. I was, I had, I think, like 10 lovers or something, you know, throughout the world. Um, I taught poly workshops and I was just totally identified as this person that loves to open and relate. My body was requesting that I stop doing it. And over this last year, I really figured out why. And that was because I started to really face the physical trauma that I'd experienced and how my body was holding those, those years, those, the, the pain um, of those early years. And that, that pain that was in my body was preventing me from intimately connecting, from really going deeper in my relationships. Um, and my heart also had a lot of pain from that too, a lot of um, sadness and anger for not getting the childhood I felt I deserved. And that anger would come up in my relationships unconsciously. And so to take the year to step back and to honor the truth that my body and heart wanted monogamy um, was super beneficial. And uh, actually, hilariously, this past weekend, um, I checked in again about this, this topic and I actually was in full alignment to be open again and to be poly again. And definitely on a heart, a heart level anyway. Um, still not sure about the physical, physical level. Um, that'll reveal itself in uh, the next few months. But on a heart level, I was like, I was ready to trust others. I, was, I had let go of the anger. I had let go of the sadness. And the connections that I now have with the women and men in my life have just significantly deepened. And there's just so much more love there. And we can navigate the, the landmines or the, the trials and tribulations that arise in relating so with so much more ease. So that is my story of how uh, honestly, really outrageously, honestly loving ourselves and loving the truth that is present in the moment can, can beautifully shift um, your experience with yourself and with those around you. So I'm going to lead you through a meditation, the meditation now. If you want to get comfortable, maybe you're cross-legged, maybe you're with your feet. In your eyes, I invite you to take a deep breath in, fully, really allow yourself to make a sigh, to make a sound, to move that energy up and out of the mouth, taking another deep breath into the belly, allowing the shoulders to expand, and exhale fully, letting go. One more time, deep breath in. And exhaling fully. And I'm gonna have you bring awareness into the mind for a moment. Bringing awareness to the breath. 
just noticing any thoughts that may arise. Not trying to judge them or change them or take any action on them, just witnessing them. Witnessing them like sticks on a river, maybe floating by. As you inhale and as you exhale, allowing that stick or thought to fall off a waterfall. Inhaling, noticing the next thought, and exhaling, allowing it to fall away and dissolve, letting it go. Mm. You may have a reoccurring thought that comes up a few times. It's really been wanting to get your attention. It's just saying, I see you, and letting it go. Continue this for another moment. And taking a deep breath in. And exhaling fully, letting all those thoughts go. Take a deep breath into the heart, into the chest, allowing it to expand. And exhaling fully. Inhale, really bringing presence and awareness into that energetic heart center and letting it go. Just bringing awareness to the heart and how does it feel today in this moment? Does it feel light? Does it feel expanded? We feel shielded in some parts, maybe contracted. Maybe there's some pain. Whatever's there, just listening and honoring. I see you. Breathing into that space. Noting if there's any desire present, any longing in the heart. And just recognizing that truth. Just being with it, allowing it to be there, to feel it. Continuing to breathe into that space. Like awareness, like a searchlight into that area. Just searching out the corners of the heart. Is there anything left in there that 
When you feel heavy, wants to be heard, anything wants to be seen, wants to be loved. What message does it have for you? What message does your heart have? Does it want to share with you right now? That truth. Without judgment or trying to change it. Thank you. Moment of gratitude for all that this heart allows us to feel. The spectrum of emotions and experiences allows us to feel so alive. Taking a deep breath in and exhaling fully. Taking another deep breath into the belly, deep into the womb, if you have one, into our bodies. couple more times, allowing ourselves to really fill up, and exhale, expanding, and contracting. Bringing awareness and scanning the body. Where is there tension today? Just breathing into those areas. May it be the knee or the neck. Be a place in the back. Saying, I hear you. <laughs> you need to breathe deeply into those spaces, creating more space and ease in the body. Envisioning as you scan and as you breathe, whatever color light you feel called to, it could be white, it could be silver, green, pink, just a healing light coming through, through the body into that area that needs some love and attention, presence. And exhaling fully. Deep breath in. So asking the body if there's any final messages it has for you, anything it would like you to know today in this moment.
taking a moment of gratitude about this body we wouldn't have having these experiences and so just say thank you for each breath thank you for the sensations the spectrum that allows us to be so grateful for the ecstasy and the bliss Take another deep breath in. And letting go. Just before we open our eyes, just taking a moment to stretch. Allowing your neck to move or your arms or you're releasing tension in the wrist or ankle, just whatever needs to move after a sitting meditation. Giving that to your body a gift. An extra moment of stretching and loving. Sitting up tall. Taking a final deep breath in. And as you exhale, open your eyes and welcoming you back to this moment. Mm. Thank you for doing that with me. I hope that this meditation served you, that you enjoyed the journey through your own mind, heart, and body. And know that you can do this at any time. You can do it as quickly as you need to, or you can take much longer if you need to, if there's more you want to sit with and be present with. It's completely customizable, but yeah. And so, Moving on to key number three, which I call taking courageous, unstoppable action. You see, in that meditation, I asked you to connect with, uh, to ask them what messages your heart and body had for you. Or if you do a clearing meditation and, and clarity and truth comes in and you receive those messages, now what do you do with it? Well, oftentimes, a lot of us get stuck here (laughs) because we're like, oh my God, I can't do that for whatever reason. And I found that just taking courageous, unstoppable action allows you to move through so much quicker. And recently I heard Mel Robbins' uh, inspirational video, and she has this five-second rule, and I want to share it with you. And so she was experiencing depression, her house was in foreclosure, her life was in a shambles. And for months, she just kept hitting the snooze button, you know, in that morning, like so many of us do. And when you start hitting the snooze button in your life, you really, in the morning, you really start hitting in all areas of your life. You're just kind of like, oh, I won't do it just this moment. I won't do it yet. Maybe another day, maybe next week, maybe next month, right? And she found uh, that she started a technique of doing a countdown, five, four, three, two, one. And that, like a rocket, she would get out of bed. And she found that if she applied this rule to other areas of her life, um, the mind wouldn't get involved and she would take action and then there would be results. And so I really found this to be true myself as well, that if I don't do whatever I 
a message has come through if I don't take care of my body in the way that it suggests, if I don't listen to the heart and do what it would like, if I if I don't get out of you know get out of the bed and, and do the yoga uh, right away, then I'll find an excuse. You know, the mind is wired to protect us and it will create fears so that we can stay safe. But when you t- do the five second rule, you move through that. You don't allow the mind to have um, a place, and um, and you 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 take action and you have results. And so immediate action equals results. So I do want to say that, yes, you have results. And the results may not always be how you exactly thought it would be, but it's always what you need. And so I found that, like, I would take, you know, um, courageous action, and then I might not get the results I wanted, (laughs) but it was valuable. I would see years later why I needed to make that mistake and how it has served me now. And so... I cultivate, I've cultivated this, this way of being that has a lot less fear, you know, that no fear idea. And when I move through without fear, I'm always rewarded. And so a perfect example of this is this past weekend, I was connecting with a lover of mine. And he, um, he also has another lover. And we were talking on Skype and his other lover said, hey, I'd love to connect with you. And we'd been talking for a while. And um, he felt like, yeah, like I should connect with her for whatever reason. And of course, I immediately had this story and I felt deflated and I was like, oh no, he loves her more. All these fears come up, you know. And I just breathed through it for a few minutes and I decided, no, I'm going to trust. It's going to be fine. These are all stories. I'm just going to move through. And I was immediately rewarded. And so anytime I've ever had fear and just said, no, I'm just going to allow this to be, I'm going to, I'm going to do it this and not be contracted from it I'm I was I'm always get this beautiful loving reward and so what happened that day is I actually um instead of sitting in my story and sitting in the pain of believing that I'm you know they don't love me and you know really getting wrapped up in that uh I decided to go out and I connected with this beautiful couple and had the most beautiful, love-filled, bliss-filled, relaxing few hours with these people. And I realized that would not have occurred in the past had I not been able to just trust and be with no fear. So I just want to really, um, really like the idea that like when we can live in that way, you are always rewarded. Um, and the more that I believe that, the more that that shows up. Um, so I want to bring back our analogy of the bucket and the cup. And that's that when we, um, you know, when we clean out our bucket, like we did, we grounded in and, and we cleaned up and our energy is clear and we're full of love and, and the clarity comes in and the truth comes in action. You're moving that energy again. You're consciously putting it, um, in a direction that it needs to go and you're emptying the bucket again, but you're doing it with intention. When you do it with the intention that um, you want to share this love for the highest good of all, it is super rewarding because karma comes back and gives back to you and you're filled up with love again. And so it's a much better cycle um, of giving love and receiving love and, and then it is of sitting in stag, you know, sitting with our bucket in stagnant water and getting murky and getting heavier. And, um, and this action is a really great way to move that energy. And finally, trust the truth. I, I've talk, spoken about this a few times, but really learning to trust that inner voice, trust that truth that's coming through um, and taking action on it uh, has 
has really expanded my world. Um, I wouldn't have the space, this this beautiful uh, business experience onto this temple, this bubble of bliss, um, if I hadn't trusted the truth that I needed to do that. I probably wouldn't have the courage to be doing this webinar if I had never taken that step, you know. So courageous actions um, continue to provide these beautiful results that allow me to take even more courageous actions and to expand and to create an even more beautiful, love-filled, blissful life. Key number four is ritualistic transitions. So sometimes we get that clarity and we, we know we need to take that action um, like I did with my divorce and, and how do we do that? And so I'm not gonna talk about specifics of how to communicate it. I'm sure there's other speakers here that have, have um, addressed that. Um, and I have a, um, a mini course that I'm gonna have come out next month around uh, communication around transitions. But I really, so I really wanted to focus on making the transition into a ritual and really honoring what was present for you or the people you're um, interacting with and the choices that you're making that are um, encouraging transitions and for whatever reason. Um, so this is why we do it. It's really a beautiful opportunity to hold each other's tender hearts during this final phase of relating in this way. Because um, I find that so many of us have a lot of pain and trauma around the ending of relationships because we haven't learned to do it in a very conscious way. And ritual allows us to do it in a way that we feel respected and loved and held as much as we can in, that, in those times. It provides a beautiful, much-needed closure. A lot of us, uh, you know, it's, it can be very unclear and kind of um, painful, murky experience to go through transitions. And to have a ritual is a very clear uh, closure. And when you have that closure, you can revisit that memory that you've created together. And it, you can do as many times as you need to to heal. And I found that I heal much quicker when I have that closure to to revisit and to be with and to um, remember. And so the rituals that I've had to honor transitions in the last two years have been so beautiful and so profound is um, it, some of the most beautiful ones. One, one that happened really recently this summer was uh, a lover and I, you know, he announced that for him the relationship was over and, and it wasn't um, going in the direction that he needed to go in his life. And and that was a hard conversation to have, but I accepted that. And at the end, he's like, would you go for a walk with me in the woods? And and I said, yes. And we were walking together, you know, side by side, like like we had been in life. It's very symbolic, my the rituals I've had. And we there came a beautiful web in the path. And I had been connecting with Spider Spirit. And uh, we paused there and we figured, you know, talking about like how, you know, should we go under it? Is that even possible? Should we take it down, go around it? And I just realized that that was the moment that we needed to walk different paths. And we did. We separated during that part of our walk and we went our separate ways. And, um, and really just feeling our energy untangle and separate and the truth, you know, that, that this, we were no longer going to walk side by side. Um, and, and I walked into the woods and I cried and released and screamed and, um, but it felt really beautiful. It felt really honoring that we had taken this time to be with one another, that um, they could sit with my emotions as we walked and exchanged how we felt about it. You know, there was that funny moment with the spider and humor came in like, and, and then we, we let go, we released. 
Um, another beautiful experience I had with transitions was when I was in Bali. I had a very deep love there. And it was clear that, you know, he was meant to stay in Southeast Asia and I was meant to come back to America and be mother and do my work here. And it just didn't have the future that we, you know, kind of had a fantasy of creating with each other. Um, and when we acknowledged that truth and decided, okay, like let's, let's ritualistically transition this, we called on a friend. And she, we went to her little cottage in the jungle and she serenaded us for hours while we cried and were honest with our emotions. And it was just this unforgettable event where the storm rolled in and with each crack of thunder, our hearts like and a little bit more open and, and um, apart and I could feel the splitting and it was just like, woo, it was a lot and it was intense, but our friend who was serenading us with love songs and holding the space for us and really allowed me to just feel the intensity of that pain and, and um, the truth that like this hurts and this sucks, but I'm so glad I got to experience this person. I'm so glad I got to love in this way and I got to have this time with them. And I got to experience that bliss and then to experience the bliss of pain. And that be, when we really allow ourselves to just crack open through the pain, the very bottom of that is love again. Um, and I found that time and time and again with ritualistic transitions that when you really be with that pain with each other, you come back to love. It's not a romantic love. It's just, it's just this beautiful, beautiful love. Um, and you can don't have to do things so um, that are so extravagant. Uh, you know, you could simply be that you light candles together, light a candle together, and then you blow it out. Um, it could be that you, yeah, you, I had this lover where we um, we liked to sing with each other, and we would sit. We sat across from each other, and we chose this this song about endings, um, and. And we sang to one another and it was really funny because we would sing and we would cry and we were honoring our emotions and then we would laugh because it was so funny looking to like sing and cry at each other. And it was just this really beautiful acknowledgement of what we could create together. And, um, but just we're choosing to, to, to no longer create together in that way. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend um, discussing if this, if this resonates for you, discussing your desire to have a ritualistic transition. Um, I, when I start dating people and I start talking to them and I'm really deciding like, do I want to see this person more seriously, more intimately, more depthfully, I bring it up near the beginning of the relationship. I say, you know, I don't feel I can go deeper with you unless you understand that this is what I need in this phase of relating to people. I need a ritual to help me close at the end. I need you to be willing to have an open heart during that time. Um, and to meet me in that place of pain. Um, or else I really can't say yes and I can't open deeper to this because I fear that I won't be held and that's been really painful in the past. And so um, if you this resonates for you, definitely encourage having that conversation near the beginning. And um, and and maybe like everyone, and, and when it comes up in the end, it's not a surprise. It's not like, oh, surprise, I want to do a transition ritual with you and this is what I want it to look like. You know, it's something that you kind of, you know, you already agreed together. It's not a surprise. And and they're willing to do that with you. And so how you create that is you can choose something that's symbolistic to represent what was meaningful to you in the relationship. Um, sometimes people exchange personal artifacts from your time together. So you might, I've left stones with people that I put loving energy into and just the stone reminded me of them and our love and I give it to them. And, um, you know, could be 
tickets to a concert you saw together. It really, like, whatever artifacts of the relationship have meaning to you, um, really honoring them and, and sharing that. Um, definitely find the humor in the ritual. <laughs> it makes it a lot easier to, to be with that truth. If every once in a while you can come out from the depths of pain and just laugh at this, this human experience, like we are such dramatic beings sometimes. Um, and so I found that to add a little humor every once in a while can lighten it up and, and bring a lot more joy to the experience. And finally, do something to release or reinvent or ruin something. So, um, you know, just to really symbolically uh, represent the ending or the transition that's occurring. So uh, that is the four keys to leading a radically blissful life that I found is, as I said, connecting to Mother Earth, grounding into her, knowing that you're supported, nurtured, and loved. Tapping into outrageous, honest self-love and really listening for resonance in the body and how things land for you and what is that truth and how does your body really feel about it. And then taking courageous, unstoppable action towards whatever it is you need to do or be. And when you're transitioning, to really honor those transitions in a ritualistic way, to really create uh, closure for yourself um, and, and those that you're, you're relating to. And so I hope that, uh, that these tools serve you. I know that they've served me, and I use them over and over and over again. I just keep repeating the cycle, and um, just so much more beauty and bliss and abundance has come into my life. Um, some ways that you can um, continue to interact with me for free is I'm off that meditation I led you through is totally downloadable from my website. So if you want to um, get that and use it um, however often you wish, daily is definitely recommended in the beginning. If you want to get into the habit of doing it, um, please feel free to do that. And I'm offering for this summer to have some complimentary clarity sessions. Um, just to kind of um, offer space for you to feel heard and to help you get in touch and embody your truth and your divinity and connect you back to yourself um, more deeply. And that will help you to connect with those around you and your children. And if you want to hang out more, I have some upcoming awesome retreat I'm super excited about um, doing mom camp with this lovely lady Vera in the mountains of San Diego. Uh, November 3rd to 5th. It's an amazing community where we just get to relax as moms. We finally take care of ourselves. You can do as much or as little as you want. There are a couple of facilitated things. There's ways to connect with your sisters. We do a cacao ceremony and set intentions and really get just take time for ourselves and to, to, to clear out that, that heavy negative energy and to allow all the love and yumminess to come in and to feel filled up to have a cup full so that we can serve others. Um, and if you want to get $100 off, you're welcome to use the promo code Amanda. So we would love to have you there. I'm super, super excited about that. And then about 10 days later, I'm launching the Juicy Nourishing Boot Camp for Mamas. It's an amazing four-week online course where you get to deeply connect with your sisters in this beautiful, supportive, sweet community where we will um, share in embodying practices to really get us into our body and to fall back in love with our body, to reconnect to its wisdom and our juiciness as women, you know, sometimes as mothers when, we, when we're starting to take care of others. 
from our body and we, we stop showing up for it. And that juiciness kind of fizzles and we're like, what happened? I used to be so sexy. Um, and so bringing us back to that place and right in time for the holiday season, um, we really wanted to fill you up and have you feel absolutely vibrant and radiant and excited for the holiday season instead of feeling like, oh my God, it's another thing. And how am I going to handle everything? And I hate this time of year. Um, so we want to revolutionize the way you relate to yourself and your loved ones in this online course. And we'd love to have you there. And if you have any questions, I'd be so happy to answer them. You can reach me at, um, uh, on Facebook, on Amanda Ananda, uh, or my website, www.goblissyourself.com, or on Instagram, on Go Bliss Yourself, at Go Bliss Yourself. So it's such an honor to share this with you. I hope that it serves you and that I get to connect with you again on this journey. Much love. When you are talking about the not judge what comes through, mm -hmm. What are you actually referring to? Um, referring to? That's why I'm having. I was having a little mm. hard time understanding it. When I when I'm referring to what comes through, I guess I'm referring to like the the clarity or the truth. The when something lands as truth in your heart or body. When when your body when when a thought when a thought or maybe someone sharing something with you and it lands in your heart is like, Oh, like I feel safe in that. I feel comfortable with that. Um, this, this feels good. This feels like a yes. Right. When that, when that, when that truth and clarity comes in and it feels solid, that's, um, that's what I was referring to. Oh, great. Yes. Because at some level I thought that, uh, it was coming like, uh, do not judge what coming through. So I wasn't sure it was uh, judging experiences coming through, mm. uh, all those energies coming through. What is actually what was coming through? Gotcha. So I was, I was, I was, I was understanding it, and I was, I was a little confused. So that's why I wanted to okay. clarify that. Yeah, no, thank you. That for our audience, because when you hear like, oh, don't judge what comes through. And then I'm like, okay, so what if I have such a like a horrible experience that just happened or something that, so how do I take that? I'm not going to judge it, but what do I do with that? So I, I thank you for clarifying that it's more of like what is channeling or coming through you and flowing through you on your own like higher self and energy. Mm -hmm. um, don't judge that. Just, just be with it. Uh, welcome. Embrace it allow it flow with it so when it comes to um yeah when it comes to the aspect of what is coming through in different ways experiences people mm. so what would you say in regarding to that um the way that i handle external experiences um that come into my life um is I use this theory or way of thinking about things as the mirroring effect. So if an if experience comes into my life that I'm uncomfortable with or I dislike or like just makes me feel, um, I question what is it in myself that is being reflected right now? Because I see um, others in my life as these mirrors and, um, 
And if they're a mirror, like what are they, what are they showing me? What am I seeing? What can I see in myself in this experience? And so when I've seen it that way and I've changed how I think about something or how I view somebody or uh, a judgment I have about myself or the world, um, my reflection changes, my external experience changes. And so, um, and so that would be how I, I handle uh, experiences that are coming at me uh, externally in that way. Beautiful. So following that, I have the question of what will be your first step for you to be in that state of reflecting? Um, what is the first thing you do? You just step back, you breathe. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you take time for yourself. <laughs> like what is your step so you can um, play Accept. with the dynamic? Yeah. Um, for me, it's definitely stepping back. I, uh, and that could be as big as like leaving the room. Um, sometimes that's really necessary, especially as a mother. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, and breath has become huge in grounding me in the moment if for some reason I don't have the time to step away um, and think about it, but just like, okay, the, you know, why is this here? Why is this up? What do I need to work with? Um, so the breath has definitely helped me come more present and into the moment. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely giving myself permission that not everything needs to be solved immediately. Um, that taking that step back and taking that time to connect with myself and, and to find that clarity and to do that work first can be long-lasting and beneficial. Mm. That, that's, food. that's food for the soul. <laughs> <laughs> that's food for the soul because, um, you know, as human beings, uh, and, many, and many of our audience have experienced that, um, you know, beside of like what's coming through you and your energy and we're not judging that, we're just allowing your flow and we're tapping into it, we become more in tune with ourselves, that's beautiful. And then when we are experiencing this external world and we have these situations and experiences, some of them are so energetic and vibrational, too much for us to handle, even if we're empath or sensitive people or for anyone, even for little girls and children and, and boys. And one of maybe the core of the question that, that I had deep in me is because we live in a society where our kids are being brought up where um, it is not allowed for them to back, back up and to leave the room. It is not allowed for people mm. to leave the room and be like, uh, you know, what are you escaping from, right? Like right. there's a judgment, there is a, there is a, um, a punishment upon kid and adult when we – take our step of just grounding ourselves to just keep ourselves quiet, to take that moment for ourselves, to just walk out of the room because we don't feel comfortable. We go for a bike ride or walk or whatever, and then come back from a place of feeling whole and, and reflecting and having feeling more in tune to be able to face what's happening. So thank you for, for sharing that and clarifying that it is important for ourselves and our children to to give ourselves permission and to and to accept that our kid give themselves permission to step back and walk out out of the situation if they don't feel safe and they don't feel secure and they don't feel that their well-being is in abundance 
and mm. and the cup is in abundance and it feels they feel like it's getting depleted so yes. yes that's where I was heading to yeah no thank you for clarifying I appreciate that <laughs> yes so thank you so much Amanda uh, where can we find you again you can find me at www.goblissyourself.com, my website, or Amanda Ananda on Facebook, or Go Bliss Yourself on Instagram. Thank you so much. It was, has been an honor to learn from you today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And we thank you, amazing audience, for tuning in today to another episode of this amazing Conscious Relationship Uncoupling and Parenting Summit. We'll see you in the next episode. Have a great day. Bye.